welcome to a special Allagash Brewing Showcase episode of... Brutal Battle. Yes, so this marks the final installment of the special showcase episodes that we are doing because of our trip to Portland, Maine, where three very gracious breweries took us in, showed us some extra stuff, fed us beer, Mm -hmm. made us drink. They didn't make us drink. We were happy to do it. And gave us some beers to take home for some showcase episodes. So, real quick, off the top... Shout-outs to a few people from Allagash. Uh, Lindsay Bohansky, um, number one, because I think that's how you say her name, Bohansky or Bohansk. Um, mainly because she was the person who took us around and gave us kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff and answered any questions we had. And she's the one who actually picked out the four beers that we have for this episode. And she put a lot of thought into it, is the other cool thing about it. She wanted to get a good representation of the brewery itself, and... We appreciate that. Also, she's a uh, certified Cicerone, so she knows her stuff, and it was very, very fun to talk to her. Mm-hmm. It was an, a really good time. I honestly could have just hung out there the whole day oh, and yeah. just chatted with her and drank some beers. Well, I mean, we did spend a lot of time with her, but we spent a lot of time in Allagash. Yeah, we did. Actually, like, I think of all the places we went to, we spent the most time hanging out at Allagash. Yeah, I was pretty... Feeling good. Yeah. I was feeling real good after well, the Allagash. And we'll talk about it, about it a little bit more later, but I think part of the reason we were there so long is their setup is so good there. Yes. Like, it's very conducive to, hey, hang out, yeah. uh, check out these things, you know, take some time. Yeah. So, anyway, but we'll talk about that more a little bit later. Other shout-outs to Bob Kutch, who fielded my original email for coming up there and helped get that, uh, get me in contact with Lindsay. Uh, so thank you, Bob. And then shout out to Aaron, who was the guy who did our tour. tour. Really cool, nice guy, very knowledgeable. And then Mike, who was working in the, um, he was working in the bar area, but he was also working in their sh- swag and beer section. Swag? I, I said swag. I meant swag. But anyway, thank you, Mike, as well. So um, that out of the way, let's just go ahead and start with a beer. I was going to say, please. Because <laughs> Rebecca hates to be bored. Um, but you know, this will be interesting information. Yeah, it will. So it's always more interesting doing brewery showcases for ones like you've been there, you know, like I had a good time, you know, researching stuff on Oxbow and it's like, we've been there. We know what that looks like. We've talked to that person. So it's more personal and yeah. It, it makes you more excited because you're just like, I know exactly what that is. I've been there. I understand this. Yeah. So, um, Let's go ahead and get started with our first beer for Allagash, and this is a staple. I mean, everyone everyone who knows Allagash will know this beer. It is the Allagash White, which is the Belgian-style wheat beer that they do, and it is 5.2% alcohol. Um, obviously, this one was selected because it's their flagship. And there's, what, what did we learn? It's 80% of their produ- production or sales. I wasn't quite sure. Sh- yeah, Lin, uh, Lindsay said that it's a, it makes up about 80% of their, I think, production I and sales. Yeah. They devote about 80% to the production. So, it's just, for me, it's, I think that's kind of cool. Like, their flagship is just such a huge... Oh, Chloe is... The cat's going to check things out. Yeah, she's sniffing the water. Yeah. Oh, I think she might hop up here on the table. Yeah. All right, so okay, so it's it's light, it's a little hazy to me. It you know it definitely looks yellow true to style. Yeah, yellow, um, not clear. Looks like a wheat beer. Yeah, definitely looks that way. It's got a nice, decent, like thick, soft looking head to it because I poured it kind of agitated, as I do. Ooh, it just smells so clean. Yeah, it smells super. Crisp, super refreshing. There's a little bit of like a lemon peel note in the nose, which comes with a little bit of bitterness there. But there's a little honey. There's yeah. a slight banana, slight clove, but not too much. Like you, a lot. If you get too much of those flavors for me, it makes me nauseous. But this is just kind of the right amount of all of those. A little Belgian yeasty yeah. on the nose as well. So anything else in the smell? No, and I mean it's good. all. God, it smells yeah. so, so clean, so refreshing, yet flavorful. Mm. Yeah, man. Mm. So I'm going to say, I believe 
it very closely, the, the flavor very, very, very closely mirrors the aroma. Yeah. Very closely. Okay. The only thing that I'd say I get a little bit more in the flavor than I get in the aroma is the that clove note. I was going to say banana, but... Yeah, no, you're right. I see the banana as well. And you can perceive more of the Belgian yeast character in there but as it, well. Again, still not overpowering. It still is nice and clean, easy to drink. Yeah. It's got the banana, the clove, the lemon peel, the Belgian yeast flavor. Slight medicinal note, which is appropriate uh, with Belgian uh, yeast. Yeah, okay. Pour me some more, please, while you talk. Maybe a very, very little bubblegum hint. Mm, okay, I could see that. Oh, just a little bit. That's not that you said just a little I bit. Know. That's a little okay. bit. <laughs> so, okay, so a long time ago, this was my starter long, on Allagash. A long time ago. Oh, yeah. Well, you haven't had enough beer to start singing. Usually you're significantly further in our lineup than you sing. But I'm in a good mood. We got a lot of stuff done today. We did early voting. We're going to carve pumpkins after this. It's still in October when we record this. So, um, yeah, so this was my earliest offering that I ever had from Allagash, which is probably the same with a lot of people seeing as it's their flagship. They put so much into their production of it. Um, but as far as wheat beers go, especially Belgian-style beers, and just overall Belgian beers, uh, it's one that every t- every single time I have it, I'm just like, man, I forget how good this I know. is. Mm-hmm. Well, in general, kind of, I knew you were super excited about going to Allagash before our trip, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Because, you know, it's like one of those places that... You think it's so big that, that it's, it's just like, yeah, oh, whatever. Right, yeah. Kind of like we had the similar experience when we went to Sierra Nevada, when we were down in North Carolina, and it's like, I was totally wrong, totally wrong. Well, and that's the thing is, like, I have a feeling that, I feel like in the craft beer community, especially when breweries get large, you just start having this feeling like, oh, they're not as as good and exciting anymore because they're big, because they're, like, larger-scale distribution. You can get them wherever. So you tend to focus on the much smaller guys and be like, oh, what what is this little niche uh, brewery doing? That's cool and exciting. But... There's a lot of awesome stuff with the bigger guys, and obviously Allagash is a really good example of that. Well, and for us, we don't get, and I and I don't know what it's like, you know, being up in Maine if you get more, but we don't get a ton of the offerings. You know, we were able to get and t- try a whole bunch up there, yeah, up there at the brewery, and I always think that's I like that. Like I like going to a brewery and being able to get things that you can't get off the shelf. You know, oh, like yeah. I am. And, but it's not always like that, you know, right. like I, we've been to some places and it's like, well, geez, like I can get every single one of these at my right. lo- local beer, liquor, grocery, whatever store. Like, why do I want to like go out of my way to go, go to the brewery? So. Yeah. You're like, there's absolutely no reason for me to come to you. I can just go to my liquor store. But yeah, Allagash is not like that. They have plenty of stuff, um, including the cool ship series, which. You know, we'll end up talking about that. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. But, yeah, so get to talking. Well, I did want to say real quick on the flavor of this Allagash White. Like I was saying, it's very, very clean. It's very refreshing. It's it, I'm not huge on the Belgian yeast flavor, like all that banana and all that clove yeah. that you end up getting it, and that little bit of like medicinal note. But with this beer, it's so in check. All those flavors are so in check. And I was talking to Lindsay about that when we were there, and she was saying that she was just spitballing those. She wasn't a hundred percent, but but it sounds legit to me. She was saying that she believes it could be because they ferment a little colder than typical for an ale, so it comes out cleaner. So the esters aren't allowed to kind of like get bigger and more robust with all like the banana and the clove and stuff like that. So I was like, so. she said it, and she's like, "Don't hold me to it. I'm not a hundred percent, but that's my theory." And I was like. That sounds totally legit, though. It's just like, a I'll theory, but now because we put it on the podcast, it's fact. <laughs> we put a disclaimer with that, though. We did, we so did. So, no. Um, okay, so let me start talking about the history of Allagash. So, which, by the way, I, I love this beer. It's very good. Always a good go-to. So, started in 1995 by a man named Rob Todd. It was started in Portland, and the initial brewery was in a warehouse in Portland, uh, Portland, and it was a 15 barrel brew house, which actually they're still using 
the original brewing equipment as part of their larger facility right now, Hmm. which they're... That's right. Okay, I remember that during the tour. Yeah, they're way larger now. Way, way, way larger. And, um... I think that that's something special that, like, you're still in the same location, though. Yeah. Like, I think that's kind of nostalgic. So, Rob, his inspiration for starting Allagash the way he did is he kind of looked around at the time in, in in the 90s in 1995 specifically, and was kind of like, you know, I love this craft beer scene. I love the beer scene in general. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing there's a lot of German-inspired stuff. There's a lot of English-inspired stuff. But I'm not seeing Belgian, really, being represented in the craft beer community. And he had tasted a bunch of, like, really awesome Belgian beers. And he was like, why aren't we doing that in the United States? So he was like, look, that's that's a market that I want to start. So... He started going ahead with that, decided, hey, I'm going to do all these Belgian-inspired beers, and he started, and off he was going, and he was, I believe on the tour they had said that he was personally distributing the beer for a little bit, at least initially, taking it around, but I do know that, that Aaron had said that he, in order to help sales and to kind of get the word out there, he was literally going into places and buying. And, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And buying it and engaging people and talk about it. Just like bar patrons, you know, whoever's working at the bar, just drinking it and being like, Oh, you know, let me tell you about this beer. And then he would buy pints of it for other people just to give them a taste and be like, Hey, you might like this. So they were kind of joking that like, they said some sort of, like, funny percentage of beer, like, he personally consumed of all the sales of his own stuff, um, which I don't think it was that exact number. They was just kind of, like, joking. But it's funny. It was cool. And, I mean, I guess if you really want something that's a new idea like that to succeed, you really kind of... Yeah, you have to get creative. You have to hit the ground and, like, physically get out there and spread the word like that. And it was a smart thing to do. And obviously, look at where we are now. Look where we are now. Allagash is big. They're big. Um, yeah. And and uh, I'll go ahead and do you want another beer right now, or should I go ahead and start talking about the, the distribution and the markets they're in? Go ahead. Okay. So they kind of took an approach to um, scale back at one point. So initially, they went into 30 states. You know, they were expanding, expanding, expanding. They got to a point where they were in 30 states with their distribution and then decided, you know what? We're going to scale this back. So they cut it back to 17 states. Oh, wow. Which is almost in half. That's a pretty big cutback. But when I was researching this, I was like, this is smart. This is really smart because not a lot of people think about this. A lot of breweries are kind of just like the more states you can get into, the more successful you're going to be in it. And the more it indicates you're successful, you know, but that's not always true. And that was the approach that Rob Todd was taking. He was basically looking at it and saying, you know what? I think what I should do is really focus on a few key markets, see what has the most potential and just drill down there and get the beer as popular as I can in just those limited markets. And then maybe we can expand after that. Because one of the issues they were having is with the 30 states they were trying to service, they were having a hard time getting enough beer to all their wholesalers in 30 different states. Mm-hmm. So when you cut it back to 17 now, it's way easier to get enough beer to all these people. So they're not trying to spread themselves thin, spread themselves thin like I think a lot of breweries have been doing. So that's currently. They're only in 17 Currently states. in 17 markets, yeah. So... Um, I thought that was really interesting and smart. I haven't really heard of many breweries doing that. I mean, I've heard of some breweries pulling out of markets because it wasn't really viable for them to be there. But to be that big or to be that widely distributed and then pull it back to say, you know, this is going to be the smarter play. It was really yeah. interesting because I haven't really heard that happening. So, um, But a lot of their sales happen to be on premise. And mm-hmm. a lot of that having to do with visitors they get a lot a lot of visitors and they ended up having people coming for the tours the last number they had on this was from 2016 but they said in 2016 they had 120,000 visitors who toured the brewery so that's not just people who came in to the brewery to like drink in the tap room that's just people who came in for the tour 
and then you know hung out after the fact. Well, and the tour was, I mean, it was kind of, it was long, um, but it had a good pace to it. It's like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I, I thought it was nice because you tasted beer along the way. Yeah. Four, at four different points, they had like these little stations set up on, on top of barrels. They just had a bunch of like small snifters of beers already set out. So there's a lot of coordination there. Mm-hmm. Like someone has to go ahead and be like, oh, there's a tour that's going to come through. I need to fill up all these snifters, have them at their, you mm-hmm. know, designated areas. And then once they get there, they start talking about something. It'll be like, oh, and grab yourself a glass of this. so You can try right. it. We'll talk about this beer. I think it's a better way to keep people engaged. Yeah. Because there have been plenty of tours that we've been on before where people are kind of losing interest because they're kind of like, I actually just want another beer. Right. <laughs> well, and I think some tours don't. In, like offer beer, right? True. You know, yeah. it's just like you can't bring tour, it with you, right? So they're like, finish your beers before the tour, right. and then you're going to be doing this for an hour, hour and a half. And right. people are like, Ugh. all right. So, um, yeah, but no, I that is one of the things that really struck me when we were there is the tour is very well laid out. We've been on plenty of brewery tours, and that tour is very well laid out. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of other breweries should kind of go there, check it out, and. Copy that model. It's well done. Okay. Um, beer, beer, beer. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do the next one. So I actually tried this one when we were there. I mean, oh, we had we yeah. had the Allagash when we were there. But I also had this one, and I liked it quite a bit, so. You had this in the tasting room? Yes. Okay. I do have a bucket because, just in case. So this is the Brett IPA by Allagash. It's 7% alcohol, and it's their... It's a dry hopped Britannomyces fermented ale. Okay, let's see if I do like beers with bread. There we go. No, nothing. Not much of uh, any carbonation escaped when I open it up, so that helps. Okay. Have a little, little bit of a dribble on the outside of my glass. Well, it's nice and clear. It's yellow. Oh, yeah, super clear. Yep, yellow, maybe a little bit of a uh, of a orangish tinge, but very slight. Ooh, it smells like it smells so good. It really does. It smells like um, clementines. Clementines and and um, Smarties. Like it's really like dark orange flavor, like that yeah. tangerine clementine with that sweetness. I totally agree with that, with like a little bit of that kind of candied smartness, because mm-hmm. it's a little sugary on the nose for that reason, mm-hmm. and then you can definitely smell a little bit of a funk from yeah. the bread. But not too much. It's not like overpowering. It's a really, really nice, clean... Yeah. Very clean nose. Nice it's, nose. It smells a little tart as yeah. well. Once you get past some of that, like, citrus note. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, though, I will say that, like, as far as Brett beers go, I'm not sure I've ever had a Brett beer that smells this vibrant. Agreed. I was thinking the same thing. Like, as soon as I st- stuck my nose in this glass, I thought, wow, this is really fragrant. Yeah. Well, and it, it's, like, a lot of citrus up front. Yeah, Most Brett it's... beers, it's more, like, funk, funk forward. Yeah. No, this is definitely more citrus. Yeah, up. this kind of, like, masks the funk, so you just get it at the end of each smell. What was the ABV cool. on this again? Um, seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. Let's try it. Yeah, buddy. It's just so well balanced. Mm-hmm. It's so clean. It's It just tastes very refined. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to put that into words. Like, it... It's a little funky. It's a little bitter. It's got a little bit of tartness to it. It's got that orangey, clementine tangerine flavor in there throughout. It's, like, so complex and so refined and just well executed. It's really good. It's a little sweet, too, and but not too again, much. Again, I don't really like a lot of bread, so this is perfect. It's not too much. Much like in the nose, the bread is very dialed back. You know, it, it's just like a little bit of a funky note that's under a lot of that citrus and that sweetness. Yeah. Um, mm. Sorry, you might hear some rustling on podcast. Our cat is playing in tissue paper because that's what she does. All right. So while you continue to sip on that bread IPA, which is quite nice. So one of the big things is they wanted to be able to focus 
uh, when they were, were, as they've had, you know, time to progress and expand over the years, they've decided, you know, it, it's good to focus on familiar beers. Um, the craze is and has been for a little bit now where breweries will just pump out new beer after new beer after new beer, and they won't really have staples, or maybe they'll have like one or two or something. But they kind of believe in, you know, we really should have these familiar beers for people where they can fall back on them. You know, you can go out there, you can try something new here or there, but then when you need your, I would say in a way like your home beer, like mm-hmm. your beer that kind of feels like home to you, you can come right back to that and just be like, ah, there it is, that that nice thing. And I, I kind of have that with a lot of beers where I used to drink them a decent amount, but then I got too much into my ticker, beer drinker ticker right. phase, and then I'll come back every now and then and just be like, oh man, I forgot, mm-hmm. like... And it feel, it does kind of feel like home. Like having had this Allagash White, it kind of felt like home in a sense, because I drank an okay amount of that. Oh man, eleven years ago, ten, eleven years ago, uh, I was drinking a decent amount of Allagash White, and yeah. So, mm. some things change and some stay the same. Yeah. All right. So one of the other things here is I want to get into kind of their focus, like what they're doing with sustainability, because they're doing a lot of that type of stuff. And then they're also having a lot of um, involvement with the community. So I'm going to go over that right now. Um, They've they say on their website that they are focusing on reducing waste, using less water and power and giving back to their local community. And here are the ways in which they're doing that. Some of under the energy category, they're using solar panels. Hmm. That's one key thing they are doing. They're using light motion sensors so that when nobody's working in a certain area of the brewery, the lights just automatically shut off. Nice. Therefore saving energy. Smart. They're using a system called Free Air, which is a... I've never even heard of this, and it's very interesting. It goes and takes outside air that's cool and pulls it in to aid in refrigeration hmm. of their refrigerators, whatever refrigerators are using to keep their beer cool. And I've never even heard of that before. I was just reading about this and I was like, I didn't know that existed, but that's a really cool thing. And you would think that obviously you can't use that everywhere, right? but in Maine, yeah. it can get pretty cool there. So you can certainly use that technology there. And then their other energy thing they're doing is they're switching all their bulbs to LED. So it takes a lot of le- a lot less energy. Cool. Sorry, I'm taking sips as I'm doing this because I can't not drink this beer. <laughs> My glass is empty, though. You need more of it? Yeah. Oh, look at this. Rebecca and having more of a Brett beer. Because it's the perfect amount of Brett. Yeah. No, it is. Okay. I don't want anything that's like... Crazy funky? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's not your thing. Like it... Well, plus I feel like it's just, it's just too much. So, necessary. moving on to the environment portion of what they're doing, um, they have been diverting a lot of their waste from landfill. And actually, I don't know if you remember, but there were they had a bunch of cans at in the tap room when we were there. They had like yes, a, they, they had a trash, and it, they told you what trash should be going in there. Right. They had a compost. And then they had different recycling ones that were like, these recycling items in here, these recycling items in here. So it was very categorized and laid out well. So this is the last number I could find for this. In 2015, they said that they diverted away from the landfill 99.75% of their waste. Wow. Which, I don't know if that just had to do with brewing waste, or if that's all waste, or what. It didn't specify, but regardless, a lot. good job. Um, they have something there called the, their green team, and it's a group of people who work for them who focus on sustainability improvements. They kind of look for opportunities of what can we do to make this place even more sustainable, you know, saving energy, using less water, um, putting out less waste, whatever. Uh, they also have, uh, they recycle the condensation from their brewing system to go back into the feed water tank. What? Which is interesting. How the hell do you do that? I don't know. I guess it's possible. I'd like to see a diagram of how that works. Or a flowchart. They have a cold start steam generator 
So what that does, it'll actually shut down the water heaters when they're not actually in use, which apparently what I was reading is normally for your typical brewery, they're just always on. So more energy saving going on there. And they buy cleaning products in bulk is another thing. So for that reason, they don't have as many uh, barrels that they have to dispose of after they're done using the cleaning products. So it seems like that seems like a real simple thing. Yeah, I was like, I bet a lot of people do that, yeah. but still. Also kind of seems like it could be a more economical thing for them as well. Yeah. So uh, then their involvement in the community. They give spent grain for cow feed. So local farmers can come and pick up their spent malt grain. Cows will eat it. All good. They've donated about $340,000 to the community in 2016. So I don't know if that's increased over time or what. That was the last number I could find. Um, They use as as much local ingredient as possible. As many local ingredients as they can. And they have a thing called Garbage to Garden, which is a composting and waste company that they use. Please excuse me while I flip the page because that's going to create. It's going to create noise. <sighs> Sorry, everyone. Then the portion about another portion about community. They they do some community grants. Excuse me. I had a burp. Uh, each spring and fall, they award grants to organizations uh, who are doing programs that provide access to basic human needs for the people of the state of Maine. Uh, Some of the examples of past recipients for this, one place called My Place Teen Center, which is like a center for after-school activities for teens who didn't really have anything else to do. Uh, Another one was the Center for Grieving Children. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a way for kids who were having problems grieving for whatever reason where they could go and get help but also get distractions. And and then um, Animal Refuge League. So it was a refuge center for animals who needed it. And then the last example was the Maine Grain Alliance, which is an organization focused on growing grain in the state of Maine in a sustainable, smart way. Cool. So, so they're giving back that way too. Which That's is really awesome. Cool. All right, let's go ahead and do the next beer. So this one, so as we see, the first first beer that we had was it's a staple, nice clean Belgian white. Then we had the Funk. That they, that they could do with their bread IPA, slightly tart. And now we're going to their barrel-aged beers. Mm. This is one that's actually year-round. It's their Curio, or Curio. Oh, look at me. Curio, I can't pronounce Curio. Uh, It's a Belgian-style golden ale aged in bourbon barrels. And it is... I'm not going to tell you what the percentage okay. is. I want to see if you... Aged in bourbon barrels. Just think bourbon barrels, and then let's see what you think. What and you can like? You can guess. Let's have um, you get. Did we have this when we were there or no? We did. We okay. did have it. There's a little for me. A little for you. Ooh. Oh. You splashed all Oops. over the place. You're... Okay. So what does it look like? Well, it kind of looks like the bread IPA. Yeah, except a little more yellow and a little less of an orange tinge to it. It's very clear. Yeah. Smell it. I don't really... Hmm. I don't. I wouldn't say that I could smell bourbon. No, definitely not bourbon. It just smells like a really clean golden ale. A little bit of that Belgian yeast note. I'm getting a little honey, and I'm getting probably what you would call the naked Cheerio smell. Yes, yeah, a little grainy. Like, yes, yeah, cereal. You know, I do see where the bourbon influence could be, because if you keep sniffing, it's very faint on the end of each sniff, but it's a, sl- a slight vanilla yep. mixed with a slight caramel. Yeah, I was getting that too. It's very, very slight. It's like a little bourbony sweetness on the end. Yeah, but for what you would, you'd read this and you would think the nose is going to be something, and it is not that. Like, this is way more subdued in the nose than you would assume. Okay, so you already tried it so what do you get just it's just like a little golden vanilla luscious pillow that just dances over your tongue and down your gullet it's like very easy like very easy it's too easy you can definitely taste the bourbon in there though but it's like yeah it's it but it's light 
It's mm-hmm. not like, again, it's all of their beers are so restrained. Yeah. Like they're not over the top in any certain area. Like it's, you get those green characteristics. You getting, I think, you know, the vanilla and some of the sweetness from the bourbon barrels. Yeah. A little honey it's really, in there. Right. It's very easy to drink though. Which is scary because the ABV is... I get a little burn on the end. Oh, I don't at all. Like a... Okay, I won't say a little burn. I get a slight tickle from the heat of alcohol on the end that lets me know it's a bit higher. But what would you guess the ABV is? Nothing on this beer leads you to believe it's high at all. What would you guess? Like, I mean, I probably would say... I probably would say eight. So, yeah, so not knowing it's bourbon barrel aged, you would just say just it's drinking eight. it, I would be like, it's probably, okay. it's like an eight. It is actually 11. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. 11? It's 11%. Oh, yeah, no way. Yeah, no, it doesn't. No way. Absolutely not. With the little bit of, like, a tickle I'm getting on it, I would probably say, like, a nine? No, I, there's no tickle. There is, for me. I would say that, that it was a nine, but I would not no say it's an 11. 11 seems That's crazy. That's dangerous. wrong to me, but that's what it is. Mm. Yeah, so we thought it would be fun to, like, record, and then again, we're going to be carving pumpkins. You know, and as you as you continue to sip this beer, it becomes, the, your taste buds start to focus less on the gold nail portion and more on the barrel characters. Like, you get more of, like, the bourbony sweetness. I actually start to taste a little bit of oakiness coming out of there, but, like, the vanilla and that caramel is kind of building, and actually, it, it makes the um, it makes like, the Belgian yeast too very subdued. Everyone couldn't see your hand gestures. You were uh, like, he was like groping in the air. And, well, I talk with my hands in the first place. I talk with my hands in real life. But the other thing is, it's more exaggerated when I'm podcasting because when I emphasize more with my hands, it actually like keeps my energy level up, which I need. He's like, I'm moting. Yeah, basically. Um, I'm really so this beer. Um, well, I'm, I guess I'm just going to talk a little bit about it, our it's, experience there. The beer's dangerous. Well, yeah. First of all. So we had it there, and it. Alagash again. It's just like one of those things where, like, every single beer, I'm like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm really going to like this, and it's like, fold me, fold me, fold me. I love them all. Mm-hmm. Um, and their James James Bean mm-hmm. um, is similar to this. Yeah. A little bit. It's like coffee. Yeah. It's kind of like this with coffee is what it seems like to me. And the first time I had that beer, I remember thinking, oh, it's okay. But the second time, delicious. Oh, I did. There was some information from the first page that I forgot to throw out there that I wanted to. And this is a good time to do it because we're trying the Kiryu. Uh, so keep in mind, they, they started in 1995 and then they started their barrel aging program in 2004. Oh, wow. And Kiryu was their first barrel aged beer. Oh, so there you go. And then they started their spontaneous fermentation program in 2007, so three years after the barrel aging, and that was started with their Cool Ship beers, so which we'll talk about in a little bit. Lindsay did an excellent job then. Was she really... Of picking them out? Yeah. No, she totally oh did. She because she like killed it. Yeah, it, it hits all the, the big... notes. Yeah, and all their all major of their... styles. Yeah. And their yeah. flagship, their first barrel... And then there's a cool shit beer. Yeah, it's very cool. All right, so I'm gonna it's very read, cool. I'm gonna read off the beers. I'm not. I'm I'm cutting back. I'm taking a book out of. I know because it's boring. I'm taking a, a chapter out of Rebecca's book, yeah. like when she did the Oxbow episode, where I'm not gonna run through tons of beers. I think I, I ran through a ton of beers in some of those other brewery showcases. I'm just gonna run through the year-round beers for Allagash and their cool shit beers. Okay. So the year rounds being the ones that prob- that most people can get, and then the cool ships being the ones that pretty much no one can get what? unless you Why go there. Why are you there. teasing people? I'm saying unless you go oh, there. Okay. So this is kind of a a way of saying get out there yeah. and check it out because I think it's worth going to experience those cool ship beers. Yeah. So the year round beers, obviously Allagash White. The Allagash Triple, which I talked about in past podcast right. episodes. We had it as a mystery beer in one, and, and if people remember, I was like, man, this is good. And I always forget how good it is. The Curio, which is kind of crazy to me to think that a bourbon mm. barrel-aged beer is a year-round. That's kind of weird. But it's, it's so light, though. Yeah. 
their hoppy table beer, which mm. is a dry hopped Belgian ale. Their black, which is their Belgian stout. Uh, their 16 counties, which is what they kind of consider just a main ale. It's made with like main ingredients. And we had that there. Yes, we did. And the, uh, their Saison, which is a very nice, easy drinking Saison. And then their house beer, which is just like a session ale for them. Um, and those are all their year rounds. So then we get to the more interesting stuff, hmm. in my opinion. Uh, the cool ship. So if people don't know what a cool ship is, go and check out the, their social media. Probably their Twitter or their Facebook would be the best ones. Because they post pictures of when they fill the cool ship I'm every sure now and Instagram, then. too. Yeah. In, oh, of course, Instagram. Yeah. I just don't deal with Instagram, Instagram so I don't think about it often. Instagram is the best. I know. Because that's all people want to see is pictures of shit. That's true. At least this day and age. But with Allagash especially, just because of the cool ship. Because you just want to see pictures. It looks so cool. Because it's so cool. (laughs) No pun intended, but the cool ship looks so cool. So it's like this little, little room that looks... like a little house. It looks like a little Belgian cottage. Like a little little Belgian shed. Yeah, basically. And it's just this big steel tray that has like high sides and they just dump wort into there to cool down overnight and whatever bugs get in because they'll then open the windows whatever bugs bacteria gets in is what they then end up fermenting the beer with and it's just really cool to see we were there and Lindsay took us behind the scenes to be able to see the cool ship but there was no beer in it at at the time there's no wort so i saw recently they put a batch of something in there and just seeing it filled is even cooler because, like, the reflection of everything in the room. And it's just, like, it's cool. I don't know. So it's, like, it's, like, a nerdy cool for me. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, oh, God, look at that beer. What was it? Like, you know, they pump it in, they pump it out, and they can only do it a couple nights a year because, mm-hmm. you know, the temperature and the weather has to be just right. Yeah, it can't be too hot. It can't be too yeah. cold in order to get the bacteria right. that yeah. they're looking for. And one of the other things about cool ships that's so wonderful is that – it truly is the flavor of that area. Mm-hmm. Like, that's awesome. So they were the first to do Cool Ship. Oh, really? Yeah. And they started that in 2007. Uh, and that was just something that Rob Todd had experienced over in Belgium and was just like, man, we we could do this. Like, we could definitely do this. Like, well, it wasn't... Didn't Lindsay say, like, he and, like, Sam... Then a couple, like, big-name brewers go over to Belgium together. Yeah, and they went to places like Dre Fontaine, um, Cantillon, Fantôme, you know, like, the big guys, yeah. and went around and kind of saw what they were doing with cool ships. And so they kind of, they pioneered the American cool ship, and they even, because they were doing that, they changed the spelling. Oh, right. That's... Because cool ship in Belgium is, it's spelled like, K-O-E-L-S-C-H-I-P or something yeah. like that. So they were just like, just cool ship, like C-O-O-L-S-H-I-P, cool ship for the American version. Since then, other breweries have done it. Right. There are other breweries who have cool ships now, but Allagash was the, the first. first. And we saw it. We did. It was so cool. I, I felt like super nerdy. I was just like, oh, I love it. I know. She's like, do you want to go see the cool ship? We're like, yeah, we yeah. want to see the cool ship. Yeah, we want to see the cool ship. I was actually let down because when we went on the tour they had said we weren't going to the cool ship because there was nothing in it so it was like closed down and so i felt like kind of let down i was like damn it but then after we did the regular tour Lindsay grabbed us and was like you know come with me to like our private tasting room because they actually have a private tasting room for people who are in the industry and media which is a really cool fun little area with like it looks like a like a little lounge yeah with well, a, its own little bar there yeah. it's cool so then she was just like, oh, do you want me to take you in the cool ship? And I was like, yes. And it's kind of like, <laughs> I was so let down. And then that just completed my experience. It's like you want to be like totally put together. But at the same time, you're like, yes. I know. I know. You want like keep, keep it, it calm, cool. Keep it cool. cool. Yeah. So the beers they've done thus far with their cool ship, which isn't a ton because it like Rebecca was saying, they there aren't only a few nights yeah. they can actually do it a year. So the Resurgum, which is an ale aged in oak barrels. The Cerise, which is an age, an ale aged in oak barrels with cherries. And when I'm saying ale aged in oak barrels, these are all spontaneously fermented. So they're going to have like tartness to them. They're going to have some funkiness. 
uh, Claremont, which is an ale aged in bourbon barrels. Their Lemure, which is an ale aged in oak barrels with blackberries, oh. which sounds very good. Their Lavine, which is an ale aged in oak barrels with grapes. Sounds... Whiny? Yeah, whiny. Like, white whiny, most likely. Uh, their Pesh, which is an ale aged in oak barrels with peaches. Uh, yeah, I that sounds that great. That sounds delicious. It's, it does. They're red, which is an ale aged in oak barrels with raspberries, which... We had! We did have it, and we'll talk a little bit more about that after I say the last one. Their Balaton, which is a blend of their ales aged, uh, wild ales aged on Balaton cherries in French oak wine barrels. That does sound good, It does too. sound very good. But how was the Cool Ship Red? It was good. Well, it was... Again, it... I was like, I don't really know if I'm going to like this. And yet again, I was wrong. (laughs) You know, or it's like one of those things I'm like, I thought I would like it, but I loved it. Um, Because it's just like the perfect, you get all of those characteristics, Mm -hmm. but just in such a, it's just so well balanced, all of their beers. Yeah, I agree with that. And so I've known people who have gone to Allagash prior to us going, and every single person says, you've got to have the Cool Ship beer, whatever they have available for you to taste. You have to have the Cool Ship beer or buy in bottles to take with you. Because when we were there, they had like two or three different Cool Ship beers available for purchase. I think three. I was going to say two. Maybe maybe it was two, but I thought three. I don't know. So. Oh, yeah. But everyone's just like, you've got to try it. It's like so good. It's like amazing spontaneous fermentation beer like amazing and that was my favorite thing there hands down it was freaking amazing and that was when we tried it when Lindsay took us back to the the private tasting area and they just we just like sat at the little bar and she got behind it was just like well we'll just chat about whatever you want to talk about but you know she pointed like this big cooler of beers and she was like what do you guys want me to open we're like uh all of them (laughs) It was just, like, such an overload, and then I was just like, well, what cool shit beers do you have? So she went over them all, and I was like, we should do the red raspberry spontaneous fermented beer. Sounds really good right now. And it was awesome. Yeah. And I thought she was just going to, like, pour us a little bit each, but she poured us half and half of the bottle. But I'm not complaining about it. It was awesome. And then after the tour and after that, we had more beer. Yeah, we hung out (laughs) and continued to consume beer. Because it's a really, I don't know, it's just like a really chilled out, nice place to hang out. Yeah. Well, you know, and we talked about how the tour, you drink beer on the tour, you can drink beer on the tour, and that's about an hour. And then they have their, like, at least when we were there, they had, like, their indoor kind of regular tasting room. And then there's this I'm assuming in the summer it's just an outdoor space, but it was, you know, cooler when we were there. So it was like this tented um, outdoor bar. um, And then they had like a food truck. Dude, the guy with the food truck, he had pulled pork sliders that were awesome and a clam chowder that was also as good. I don't really like clam chowder, but that clam chowder was really good. It was really good. And um, it was just like the perfect beer food. Yeah. No, like definitely. the pulled pork was perfect, and like the clam chowder because it was like it was kind of cool out, and it just it was really good. Well, the other thing is that just makes me think again. Like as far as Allagash goes with their all their beers, they they all seem conducive with drinking with your meals. Oh yeah, for me because they're so clean. They finish so clean that they're not going to mess with your meal. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the other things that's so great about them. So. You want to open that last one? We're going to open this last one. And, oh, surprise. It's a it's cool, a cool ship. ship beer. Um, So this, this is, is what it's and about. And we did buy. Did we buy more? Because we could buy the red. No. No, we couldn't buy the, the red. The red was not available for what purchase. What did we buy for purchase? Cerise. Cerise. The one okay. on the cherry one. So. But the one that we have is the Resurgum, which is spontaneously fermented ale aged in oak barrels. I think there's a little extra, yeah, there's a little extra information on it here. It says, Cool Shipper Sergum is a blend of this one, two, and three-year-old spontaneously fermented uh, beer. Oh, okay. The finished beer has a, oh, I'm not going to go into that. No, oh. no flavor notes and aroma notes. I'm not okay. going to read those. 
Because I don't want to know. You don't want to know. I don't want you to know. It didn't run over. There you go. Oh, it's starting to go a little bit. Oh, Carlin is like trying to save every ounce of it. It's a cool ship beer. You got (laughs) it. He like put his mouth around the bottle. I did. He's like I'm not letting I'm not, any of this go. Not anywhere. even the foam. I'm not even letting the foam loose. Well, you were just gonna go in the bucket, and you would have just drank the bucket. I did during the hot episode. Um, couldn't stop myself. All right, we're good under control. Okay. Ooh, it looks um hazy. It yeah, it's very hazy. Uh, but it's very orange looking. Maybe a slight Hello. yellowish. Yeah, pretty orange though. It's got a nice, thick head. Smells funky. Ooh, yeah, it smells funky. It smells eh, like high tartness. Not quite sour, in my opinion. I'm trying to think, does it smell slightly apricot? I would. I, I was like, there's definitely a fruit. I don't know what it is. Okay, I. You know what's fine. I my first inkling was peach, but that would the apricot. They're close. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see it as a mix of, like, lemon, peach, apricot. I also am getting, like, a little pineapple or papaya. Papaya. That's actually a good one. Um, Something a little more tropical. Sure. Yeah, I can agree with that. Sounds really good, though. But it's very light. Oh, yes. Like, yes, the noses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, these, these, these smells are not, like, aggressive. No, They're just, like, very easy, delicate. I mean, and you really do have to... Close Close your eyes and, yeah. Yeah, you gotta focus. It smells good. A little little sweetness in there, too. Mm -hmm, For sure. On the nose. All right, let's try it. Oh. I love the mouthfeel on this. It tastes a little... It comes off a little tannic, actually. Which I'm assuming would be from the oak. Makes it a little bit woody. Yeah. It's definitely woody. It has a little bite. Like a little... Bitter bite. It does have a little bitter bite at the end. I like it, though. Like a tart, bitter. So that bitter bite kind of reminds me of, like, an apricot skin. You know what I mean? Because you get a little bitterness out of the yeah. actual skin of the apricot. So, Because I'm getting, like, the apricot, the peach, the lemon in there. And it's like, I'm tasting that first, and then it's, like, the the actual... Um, not the flesh, the actual skin of it at the end mm-hmm. where you get that little bit of a bitterness. It almost comes off a little bit fuzzy with the mouth feel, you know, cause I like love peaches the, have fuzz. I on love the, the mouth feel on this. It mm-hmm. just kind of like coats your mouth. It's a little thick. Um, it is. you're getting the sweetness, you're getting the tartness, you're getting that little, I, I say bitter. You used it too. It is a bitter bite. It's a bit funky. Um, so funky. Yeah. It's like a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah, definitely. I do think there's a decent apricot to that, in my opinion. Oh, I think there's definitely a lot of fruit into this. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very fruity. Hmm. What do the tasting notes say? Oh, yeah. What do the tasting notes say? Let's find out. Um, do, do, do. Apricot, lemon zest, and candied fruit. <laughs> no, that's For what real? It Yeah, no. Straight up. That's Are you sure you didn't see that? I 100% did not. I didn't. And then it says notes of tropical fruit, which you pulled out, flavors of funk we got, tart and dry on the finish. It is a dry finish. Yeah. Yeah. We did pretty damn good. Well, I think we're trained in this, and I think that... I'm not really... (laughs) We're self-trained in this. (laughs) What kind of training do we have? Training at home. We're expert beer drinkers. (laughs) Okay. Well, this is the thing. Like, there are people who I will taste and smell beer around, and they're just like, oh, how do you get all that? I was like, I've just been doing it for a while. You know, like, no one taught me anything. I just started doing it on my own. And obviously, been doing this podcast for almost six years now. So when you're consistently doing that, like, really trying to smell and trying to taste different things in these beers... You just get used to it. It just be- it becomes a. I, I wouldn't say it becomes a skill. It just becomes like a mode of how well, you smell and how you taste. It's just like anybody, like if you practice and you practice anything, you get better. Yeah. If you don't use a certain skill, you just never develop that skill. There's a lot of apricots to this. I feel like it keeps growing, and I yeah. like it. I mean, just like you can teach yourself to write. And do things with your non-dominant hand. But if you've never practiced and developed that skill, then 
you're just not going to be able to do it. I thought you were going to say, but as long as I have an Allagash in my dominant hand. Oh, well, that's While just... I'm using my non-dominant <laughs> hand, I'm good. No. Is there anything else you wanted to say about our experience at Allagash? No, just that, like... Okay, so we said we said this about um, about Kevin Broderick at Bissell Brothers. Mm-hmm. We just feel like we'd really, like... We'd want to be friends with him mm-hmm. if we'd lived in that area that we'd like love to just hang out regularly and just chat beer. I feel that way with Lin- with Lindsay Behansky. Yeah. Like I would just love to just chill out with her regularly, sip some beers and just talk beer because well, she knows her stuff yeah. and she's passionate about it. And she's a fun person. Um, well, I know. And we sp- we talked with her for a while and it didn't probably, it went by super fast and I know. Yeah, it did. In my head, I was like, I wonder if she's like, okay, can we stop talking? I need to get back to work. She did say she had a good time chatting with yeah. us, though. So I would she say. Did she say that to everybody? I don't know. Yeah. It seemed genuine. It did. Although we did talk for a while with Aaron, our tour guide, oh, because yeah. he came by afterwards yeah. and was like, oh, you guys are media. Like, who are you with? And so we kind of chatted a little bit. And then when we, like, made that known that we were media to him and, like, what type of media, he then really was just like, I want to talk beer. Yeah. Like, so we just started having a conversation. We hung out, we were at, at least for like a ha- solid half an hour, just like chatting about like geeky beer community stuff. With Aaron? Yeah. I don't remember that at all. Well, there's a reason I mean, for okay, no, I remember it. You, you were in and out for that too because you were- I was getting were, the food. You were getting the food, but you were also running back for more beers. I was. Cause I and was, you were just, you wanted to try every beer they had. I wanted to try everything. Had. Yeah. And we did. <laughs> we did. But the thing, too, is they have an inside bar, and they had a bar on the outside. So we got to the outside, because that's where the food was, and I was like, holy shit, there's all these new beers that are not on the inside. Yeah, I assumed there was overlap, but there was not. What was inside was not outside. And, yeah, so we were just like, Rebecca just felt obligated. She's like, like, I love these beers, I just want to try them all, and we did. So. So we were feeling good. And then it was after that, if people listened to our main vacation episode it was after that we then went to foundation battery steel and austin street yeah which is literally a block away and that's why we were like we can't really drink anymore even though we want to oh yeah then we went to bissell brothers then we went to bissell brothers (laughs) after the cryptozoology museum (laughs) that was a fun day you have to have some beers in you for that one the cryptozoology (laughs) museum to be honest weird it is weird it was fun that was a good day yeah Okay, so yeah, um, I loved it. I loved it. I if we go back up in that area, I just feel like I really want to go back. Oh yeah, for sh- absolutely. Yeah, such a fun experience, and it wasn't just a. There were so many good aspects of it. Like the tour was so well put together. The tap room is so well put together. It feels like cool and modern, but also like kind old. of kind, yeah kind of old yeah. at the same time not old in a bad way just like established like cool old yeah. and the people were all so nice yeah. and just our individual experience of being able to like really chat with people who care about beer and are just like passionate about it and it's just cool i feel like every time i went up to order a beer <laughs> they were like good choice good choice and i was like yeah but i'm like i think they're saying this for every single beer i'm getting <laughs> But it's just like it's What's true the, though. Everything was a good choice. I just had good stuff on tap. Like it was a good choice. Yeah. All right. So this is going to be tough. Ranking. Oh, I hate this. Yeah, part. but you're going to have to. You might have to go back and try some other ones. You might. Actually, I think I need to have a little. Do you need a little bit of something to make a decision here? I'm going to have to try two. To make a decision. I know my first and my last. Is your first cool ship and your last white? Yep. No. Sorry. No. Your last one's not white. Nope. Hmm. I need more of the... Yeah, the bread IPA. Bread IPA. A little more of the bread. So, I, you know, not, not a big surprise, most likely, because I have hyped the cool ship. I'll just say right now, my number one's the cool ship, Resurgum. That is a very complex beer, and like Rebecca said, the um, the mouth feels really nice in that. It's just, it's well put together. It's very nice. It tastes like Maine. It definitely tastes like Maine. Okay, here we go. 
and I'm so Rebecca's trying a little more of the Cure You. I'm trying a little bit more of the White, and I tried a little bit more of the Bread IPA as well. Okay, go ahead. It's really good. Okay, this is hard. So the Cool Cool Ship Resurgum is my number one. I need more of the White. Okay, to make my decision. My number two is the Bread IPA. It's very good. Like we said, it's. The bread is very restrained, but it's still there, and it's got, like, a nice, light tartness, and it's fruity. It's, yeah, that's really good. That's my number two. My number three is the Allagash White. Um, really nice, really clean. And then my number four is the Curie We said it was really nice with the bourbon and everything. I have to make it last just because I have to make a beer last. I, <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't do it otherwise because yeah. it's this still is- quite good. This is also, is very hard because yeah. they're all good beers. Um, so my kind of echoes yours, Carlin. Um, mm. My number one is the. Um, oh, do you want to guess what my number one is? Well, did you the, start to hear what I said? I'm gonna say the bread IPA. Because you start because I started. It. I saw you looking at it oh, while you it. were saying my first is. Is that what you would have guessed? No. So your your favorite's the bread IPA. Yeah. What's the reasoning for that? I just think it has a little bit of everything, and I like the sweetness. I like the tartness. I think it's just no, it's well balanced. Like I don't, I want to drink more of it. I think that's actually a really good way to put it. Is it has a little bit of everything? It and definitely I think does. It's, it's one of those beers that like I could go back to and drink on any occasion, and still feel like I'm getting. It's not like an everyday beer, but it's special enough. You know what I mean? Like, well, the other thing is it's easy for what it is. Yeah. You know, like you would not assume having a Brett beer, it's going to be that easy to drink. And it yeah. is. It's nice. So what did you think my first was going to be? Uh, I thought your first was actually going to be the Cool Shipper Sergum. Because you were really digging on that mouthfeel. You digging on the yeah. apricot and lemon and all that. That's my second choice. Okay. So the Brett IPA and then the Cool Ship and then the Allagash White and then, and then the Curio. Curio. Okay. Um, but there's not a, I hate, I hate making a beer last cause I, makes, it hurts in my heart. Um, it's fine. You only have four to pick from. I know, but they're all, I just want to say like, no, I'm not even all... just saying this cause I am very honest. I do really like all of these beers. We will drink all of these yeah, for sure. And yeah. just so people know, I actually still have some Allagash triple at my house that I had before we went on vacation to Allagash. Yeah. So it was good. Yeah. Always and holds up. what all did we bring home from there? We brought home some of the cool ship. We brought we brought home, home these beers for this episode that Lindsay picked for yeah, us. But then we, I mean, we bought some, and then we just bought some cool ships, and we bought a hibernal fluxus. I want to say was what? I don't know. It's a good question. I picked that out. It's like it's I think it dark. I, I think it's a Belgian stout with stuff stuff done. Yeah. I can look it up if you need to. Yeah, because we picked that out, too. Yeah, definitely did. It was so hard because I wanted to buy more, too, but it's like... Oh, I know. We're just no, going to no. have to go back. I I wanted to buy a lot. I wanted to buy a lot of different stuff, I mean, but Rebecca was holding me back. <laughs> She's like, don't do it, don't well, do it. Yeah. Okay, just, so the, today oh. I just paid off. Uh, today we just got our credit card bill from when we were, when we were in Maine. Oh well, this is tricky because it's different each year. Oh, so I'm assuming it's going to be the 2018. Okay, I'm going to check the 2018 and see if this sounds right. But no, we had our our credit card bill, and I was like, oh, it shouldn't be too bad because I don't really think we bought anything. Is it their milk stout? Yes. Okay. All right. So Hibernal Fluxus is different each year, like okay. the 2016. Was a Belgian style stout brewed with figs. Ooh! But we got the 2017, which is just a milk stout version. Okay. So. Cool. Yeah, I knew it was something darker. Yeah. Are there any other ones here? Yeah, I don't see any other years on these on this Google images, but that's cool. Yeah. So if you're in the Portland, Maine area, definitely check out Allagash. Yeah. Um, you won't be disappointed. You'll find something you like. Um, and look for those pictures of the cool ship online. Yeah. Definitely worth it. They, I mean, they're like, they look like professionally done photos when, when the cool ship's full. I mean, we have photos, cool. but it's empty and yeah. I think they have like 
still cool. I think they were like not as cool. Definitely, someone was in there doing something because I think there were like footprints. Oh yeah. So hopefully they clean that before they put it. Otherwise, there'll be some extra spontaneous bacteria. bacteria. <laughs> extra spontaneity. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, once again, thank you, everyone at Allagash. It was yeah a pleasure. It was magical. Yeah, I think that was one of my one of my favorite days in general. It wasn't just because we went to Allagash, though. It was a lot of the stuff that we did that day. But we did a lot of beer. Yeah, we did a lot, we did a lot of beer. It was awesome. And I think that was the night I got my lobster roll. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Rebecca, do you have any last words? Don't forget to... Keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. 